Hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Powers. Uh, today I'm going to do a rant about uh, people and their logic through a personal story. Hello again, everybody. This is uh, Jason Powers. So, like uh, Dennis Miller used to say, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, yesterday, uh, it was probably about the middle of the afternoon. I don't know. It was probably about 2 o'clock or so. I know, well, Actually, maybe a little earlier than that. I found a little bird that was outside of my apartment. Um, door. Literally, he was on my doorstep just about. And uh, he wasn't moving. He was just sitting there. And I walked over, you know, just because normally birds, when you make any sudden movements, they usually fly away. Well, he wasn't. And I looked down and, and he was uh, sitting on the uh, he was sitting on the concrete there. And then I picked him up and he didn't shy away right away. So that was surprising. And it was a little baby bird. I mean, it wasn't like, uh, you know, barely you know it, you know it was on its feet so we're talking young you know probably in the last state stages before it you know it's going independent so i you know it wasn't uh it didn't look like he was doing that well uh he was in lethargic um but uh you know was moving and uh anyway so i go ahead and uh, try to uh, take care of it i um first you know i you know did the find a, a way to uh, hold on to it. It was funny, he, you know, he would hop up on my hand. When I say hop, I mean, he would like, you know, he was, you know, moving around decent enough, but just, you know, didn't seem like he wanted to fly. So I thought it was maybe a wing issue. And I looked at his eyes and, you know, it looked like, you know, I, I really don't know much about the uh, birds. It's like a wren, uh, a, you know, small, uh, 
sparrow or wren. I don't know. I don't know anything about birds. I didn't look him up. I didn't try to. Uh, I'm not a what do you call it? Um, uh, um, uh, avian uh, or I don't know how that. What's the terminology used for a bird? A bird doctor or a bird uh, uh, connoisseur? So I don't pretend to know anything about this. So. You look it up online, find out, you know, cat food, dog food. So I go uh, as a potential food uh, source because usually when they're fed, they're obviously fed by their mother uh, regurgitating their food, you know, choose it for. And I try to find some bugs, which is strange. Around my apartment complex, usually I have no problem. I couldn't find find an ant or anything that was moving around living. I guess, you know, I, somebody would say, well, you had to. You're you're gonna <laughs> take care of it and kill kill another living thing to feed another living thing. It's like, well, you know, uh, it's you know, you know, survival of the fittest. I guess I don't know. You know, I don't look at ants as being something that you know um, is really worrisome. So I found I was just looking for food sources for the the bird. Maybe thinking maybe if you feed it, it'll get a little bit better. Anyway, next thing you know, I you know. He hangs around. I, I I got a little table and I set up a little nest there, kind of sort of makeshift nest, a uh, little bowl and and put a, a, a put some uh, some nesting uh, kind of materials. Actually, you know, just rough you know things that are you know trash basically around my apartment complex. It wasn't too hard to find something that would could make a makeshift nest. Put it put it in a bowl and and let the and put the bird inside of it. And he sat out there for about a couple hours, and then I turned my head, and uh, I was doing something else. I was checking on him, and he was gone. And I looked all around for him, and I was like, okay, well, he must have uh, finally got the gumption to fly away. So anyway, uh, this morning, just, well, about about an hour and a half ago, um, opened my door and, uh, you know, go outside and and he's down the range on the in my apartment complex. He's probably about thirty or forty feet uh, away from my my door, and he's just sitting in the middle of the uh, on the concrete again by himself. And I'm thinking, this bird, <laughs> he won't leave. Uh, but he, he, he you know, he, so I'm I go over and look, and I look at his eyes, and it looked like they're they're pretty much shut. Before they were at least, it looked like they were moving around. And it was, you know, it's difficult to clean a bird's eyes and stuff like that. So, you know, I assumed he was probably, he can't, he's having a hard time honing in on where he needs to go to. So, right now I got him out of my porch again. And he's still, he's still sitting there. Sorry, I was uh, checking on him. Uh, So, he's, uh, he's sitting in the the little, little, uh, little makeshift nest I put, put together for him. He's sitting there, and I, I I put some food in front of him. I put a little water dish out there in case he uh, entertains moving around. But uh, he seems pretty content where he is. Um, but you know, I'm worried about the bird. But this is where the the story changes. So when I found him this morning, I was like, okay, well maybe he needs some more help. Well, as it turns out, I live really really close to the small vet and large vet veterinarian center here at Purdue University. I live in West Lafayette. I've never hid that fact. So, anyway, so I drove over to the center, uh, figuring, you know, maybe I could get it some quick help. Of course, it's a wild animal. I understand that. Uh, but I was thinking maybe, you know, this is something where I can just, you know, um, 
solve a problem quickly. I, the way I looked at it, it looks like he just needs some eye drops or something to clarify, clear his vision, field of vision. And, you know, he, he left last night, so I don't know what, what happened to him. And before, I mean, I, like I said, I looked all around for him and I couldn't find him. So obviously uh, he flaps his wings. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll move around. So it seems like he's able to fly if he wants to fly, but maybe, like I said, I, I saw the eye issue. So I go pull over into the parking lot and they got about, you know, 15, 20 cars and they're doing construction right now. They're doing re- uh, renovations uh, behind or building a new building, not renovations, they're building a whole brand new complex. So I see uh, a, a girl in the parking lot, a doctor or whatever she is, a vet, um, and they're uh, a dog with a cone on its head and they're talking to a couple people. I pull in and they got the, they got the, all these uh, parking uh, spaces labeled. They get, you must, uh, you know, must wear your mask and, you know, please do this, call in, whatever. I didn't bring my phone. That was another thing. I forgot my phone at home, mainly because I've lived, you know, like a stone's throw from this place, and I wasn't really, I'm not like all the other people in, in the, on the earth that thinks that they have to bring their phone along with them everywhere they go. Um, besides it being a tracker, just leave it here at home. About 85 to 90 percent of the time, I don't bring my phone. Only time I've ever really bring my phone anymore is when I go on a long distance trip, which is something more than an hour away or something. In other words, when I'm uh, almost uh, beholden to the fact that I need to kind of uh, locate now, you know, or be able to use a phone uh, on the quick. But other than that, it's basically just like my home phone, um, and they know where I live, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, not to get sidetracked there, but, uh, so anyway, I pull in the parking lot and I park the car and, you know, meanwhile, you know, I'm trying to keep this bird from, you know, flapping around or hurting itself or flying it, uh, you know, suddenly getting agitated and fly off. But he seems pretty, pretty content uh, in my hands. He, he, you know, I just slowly pet the back of its head and rub its belly and, it, you know, it doesn't seem to, you know, mind that. And so I walk up, and there, this uh, gal is having a discussion with the uh, the a couple with cones, and they're all wearing masks. All these people are wearing masks. It's outdoors. This isn't indoors. This is outdoors, and it's seventy degrees, or going to be seventy degrees at least. Um, and I'm I'm just waiting patiently. She's giving this person some instructions. Blah blah blah. They're just talking and talking, and it's like, eh. and then she's like, "What can I do for you?" I'm like, "I'm." I said, I'm trying to get this uh, little little fella uh, some help. And she's like, oh, you know, it's like, well, you'll have to take a number. And then she said, well, we don't we don't really d- deal with wild animals. You'll have to you'll have to drive over to Delphi, which is about 25 or 30 miles away. And I'm thinking this is about it. This is probably something that might take five minutes to actually do. And it's this field. This is like a field uh, 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 medicine. It, this isn't something that you need to take it into a, 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 a closed room and, and do all this performance art. You know, we're talking, I just identify the problem and then go ahead and fix it, you know, short, quick. Nope, they got to go all through all these procedures and then they tell me, you know, basically to kick rocks. But what I noticed is throughout this whole situation is we have these people that are that are just cutting off their logic completely from anything. I know Purdue is, you know, they're well on board with this this globalist uh, mask up, you know, listen to Dr. Fauci bullshit that's been going on for the last year plus. You know, people believe in this stuff. 
and they they believe in it and they'll point to some some rando uh situation or or they'll listen to the cdc guidance because the cdc is never wrong about anything um even if they don't these people refuse to look at medical studies or anything that's been put out there, the random control trials, uh, whether it be the Danish study or whatever. And I'm not going to go into all the recitation of all that stuff. I've seen enough to know that it's bullshit. Even common sense could have told you that was bullshit coming back March of 2020 because we've never masked up before. We've never done all this stuff. Oh, this is different. This is COVID. This is this COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 or however you want to describe this is such a unique uh, if it's so unique then start asking questions why is it so unique and my, moreover if it's so unique in in coronavirus history why are we uh why did we cut off the main means to stop something like this when we we did we did some con, uh, trials back in march 2020 like regarding hydroxychloroquine regarding um therapeutics that were uh, available to us uh, there's a whole host of studies that were uh, immediately put out to debunk that and hydroxy became this lightning rod of a uh, of um, discussion and yet here we are a year later and now that now that the vaccines have been rolled out on on dubi- uh, dubiously by the way and this is again this if you take the politics if you put the politics into it i i despise trump for this and i i wished he would have just shut his mouth about it but he never did because I don't know who's giving them advice, but they're idiots and they don't understand anything. Or they have an, a greater objective. Or maybe even Trump is, you know, maybe he's on board with it. Or maybe he hasn't, he doesn't, well, he certainly doesn't understand science. or certainly doesn't understand vaccines. And it's a miracle that this vaccine just oh so happened to get rolled out so quickly. But if you realize it, so there's been a release that was done that uh, the Moderna vaccine was already in the works and uh was actually completed the first uh, first stage of it they actually had product they had produced they had taking taking the info uh supposedly obtained from the ccp uh or from china they had a vaccine ready to go on february 4th of 2020 this was more than a month more than a month before most people in america had much much uh, greater awareness of this virus other than they knew it, it was over in China. They didn't really think it was coming over to the United States. Meanwhile, if that was being rolled out, Moderna, and Moderna's being, at that point, uh, in, uh, they were just eight months removed from Gates. Bill Gates had given them a million dollars in March of 2019. He'd also given them uh, approximately, I think, uh, $19 million, I think it was, Back in October of 2015, or maybe 2016. Anyway, he's he's given them about approximately 20 million dollars. Now, this is a company that was launched, I think, in I think 2010, roughly. Um, and the reason why I'm focusing on that is just just to to put this in perspective. All this has been a massive psyop against the entire United States of America. It's being driven by some of the most evil people you'll ever meet in your entire life. They, they're sly, they're slick, they're condescending, they're generally hyper-leftist, even though they don't tell you that. Uh, or they use leftist talking points to get, get what they want because they're trying to do a divide and conquer on this United States of America. So don't be fooled by it. They're, they're, at the heart of it, it's just about power and control. It has nothing to do with their ideology 
a globalist or the the people that are running this rodeo on you are all about getting what they want and they could care less about what you know they don't care about the the isms that are rolled out in front of you but this this new uh this new science scientism tism that's being uh used to uh get people conditioned to believe this stuff is just just short-circuiting logic i mean these i'm i'm outside of veterinarian clinic you know the people that are out there I, I see all these girls go out and they're all women they're all women they're all masked up well that's all the, the, the three people i interacted with were women and they acted like they, they they acted like i was from mars because you know i don't have a mask on and i'm petting a bird it's like well i don't have a mask on because i'm intelligent enough to know that that uh that i'm outdoors it's not a closed environment it's an open environment um if the vi- this idea that these viruses are are transmittable uh, in an open environment, and then a mask is going to do anything for you. If it's airborne, what does it matter? It can go through your eyes. It can go. In, it, it can come in any orifice. It's just not your mouth. Ma- oh well, it's about you spreading the virus by breathing on me. Oh, oh yes, that's it. Like you know, the exchange of oxygen is the the primary source of the problem. That I should just shut my mouth and just let you guys... You guys are really believing that you can stop a virus by putting a mask in front of your face. That you think that that's somehow going to stop all this situation. You think it's going to mitigate all this situation. And you're in, like I said, you're outdoors. This isn't a case where you're in an operating room with uh, uh, where you, you can sterilize yourself. When you go into an access room and only a handful of people are in there. And everybody's in a, a general state of sterilization or going to be in sterilization and you have a mask on to, to stop to reduce the amount of flow therein therein is okay therein is a uh, 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 an applicable reason because the idea is is that any little bit of of uh what do you call it uh, exhalation or your germs or whatever interacting with the the, the environment makes a difference that's assuming that the environment is sterile lots of environments can look sterile on the on the on the on the surface but yet really aren't but uh and of course we know that most medical facilities are not as quote-unquote up to snuff when it comes to uh, cleaning as as they like to portray to you and that many people get their infections from being in hospitals so what is it really what are we really talking about the idea is, is that you have an immune system and you've been interacting with viruses and bacteria and fungi for since the day you were you came out of your mom's womb. And that you're trying to short circuit your immune system through this mask. And there's been studies recently put out and it talks about the whole the whole cast a cadre of things that are going on with you reducing oxygen and and, and the host of things, the hypercadmia, the, but this is not just that. It's the psychological situations that you're introducing into the situation. And this is where this really needs to be positioned. That we are, we are experiencing this mass delusion that's being per, per, portrayed by the media. And we have enough people that have been suckered by it down to the, down to they think that that mask is going to save their life. And that getting a shot from, a shot of uh, getting a vaccine so rolled out and uh, rolled out on such a unique virus, this 
novel coronavirus. Well, it's so novel that it was probably generated in a lab in Wuhan from a P4 lab that we funded uh, uh, through our uh, through our gain of function studies that were outsourced or out uh, what would you say offshored uh, to this particular situation, which it tells you how how nasty our our scientists in Washington D.C. have become between the funding they get from Gates, the CDC, the NIH, the FDA, seemingly all these particular entities. Some of them are quasi-governmental quasi organizations. Some of them are directly, uh, obviously directly controlled. But they operate almost with near impunity. And it seems, and this is a hypothesis, that they were, they were contacted and dis, uh, drummed up and beat up. And, and obviously the World Health Organization is involved in this too. They were all energy. Uh, they were all spun up to take away all our freedoms, and they were all spun up to create this massive hysteria through the media, through social media, and they're suppressing dissenting voices, which is why I'm talking about this stuff so much, and why I we need to hyper focus on it it's not only just that we there's other uh, things that need to be focused on but this was the this was the linchpin and since it came from china and they had the united front and they had their massive propaganda campaign people are there's a certain segment of our population that doesn't know this or has followed the science because someone has told them that this is the science no if you start looking into it, you would find out there's very little of any any correlating studies, uh, the meta-analysis, the meta uh, that has been done on this that shows that there's there's next to zero uh, 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 significant difference between wearing one and not wearing one. You might as well just not even wear one because you know what you're not gaining anything. You're just you're just psychologically. You're just doing it to, to convince yourself that you're doing something about something that you can't see and you can't control. Whether this virus exists out there in the nature or in the open range or you're getting it from somebody else, you've been transmitting viruses for the entire lifetime of your existence. And many people who are so supposedly so concerned about this probably don't even realize it, but they probably have transferred a virus in their lifetime to somebody else and then that somebody else either directly or indirectly they passed it on to somebody else and that person uh departed this earth now they want to look at it as well then we should we should socialize all medicine and everybody should be in this together and that you should be responsible for everybody else's health and the only way i can do that is by putting a mask on and getting vaccines three four five ten times a year in order to make sure i can avoid all the nasty things out there in the in the existence that are going to to hurt me and then of course they'll say well you're just being hyperbolic i say am i Am I really being hyperbolic? Considering uh, we know that this the, one of the vaccines is, takes multiple shots, right? It takes, it's a two-piece shot, right? And then they're going to come back and they'll say, "Well, there's a new variant. Uh, this variant is much more virulent, so you need to get another vaccine." We've attenuated, we've uh, we've manipulated the vaccine now, so you'll be all better with this next shot. Am I really being hyperbolic? No, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm being very. I'm 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 telling you they're exploiting this, a for control, 
B, because there's money to be made on the stuff. C, because they can destroy your ability to care. They're socially conditioning you. They're putting you in a Stockholm situation. So eventually, most of these idiots are, are uh, lining with their captor. They're saying, yeah, if you just go along with it, you'll be okay. And you know who they're using the most? Women. They're doing this to women, especially. There are some women who, you know, still got a few brain cells that they're rubbing together upstairs. And I'm not picking on you because you're a woman. I'm just saying that most women are health-focused. They're neurotic. They're hypochondriacs. Um, younger women between the ages of 18 to 29 now, at least there's been recent, uh, recent analysis done that show that many of them have personality disorders. So guess what? If you have a personality disorder or you have personality traded disorders, um, you can be manipulated and controlled. Uh, they're going to spin you up. They're, women are more likely to be uh, OCD. We know that. Obsessive compulsive about cleanliness. That's where the hypochondria, that's where the, um, they're also borderlines and bipolars predominantly. Um, I think there's a fair amount of narcissism on both sides, so I don't I don't think there's any conclusive evidence on narcissism there. And there's an underestimated borderline is just a modified version of antisocial personality disorder. Psychologically speaking, it's 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 in the same ballpark. When you're talking about the cluster Bs, they all have exhibit certain characteristics that are all very uh, overlap and overplay. There's a certain amount of certain certain ones have more malevolence to them. Uh, direct and conscious malevolence and other ones have more of an unconscious malevolence. They don't know what they're doing per se, but they, they're very uh, attuned to, uh, to respond a certain way based upon their stimulus. And our particular medical field knows this and they're exploiting it. And I say they're exploiting it because they're, the malevolence of administrative, the administrative state against the United States is deep deep-seated and driven by people who are in political that have been political bureaucrats forever they were put appointed put in positions based upon who or what party they aligned with and then who they support and who they talk to and who they email uh, these are all leftist driven policies and I hate to break the news to many people who aren't supposedly leftists or the leftists complain oh you're just demonizing us you know, you conservatives are the ones that created all the war. True. I'll say that uh, when you say conservatives, if you're talking about the politicians that are in Washington, the neo neocons, the, the asshats that have been there, they're not true conservatives. They're just globalists. You know, when I say the globalists, they're just concerned about themselves. They don't care about the reg regular population. Who's the one who goes dies in these wars for them? Do you think it's the liberals? No. The liberals try to avoid... Uh, jo joining the service it's the actual uh, conservative people in the middle of America who are the ones who join up or the conservative people or folks who are, or even even uh, uh, in California or New York they join up in uh, the services based upon they see the service as a way out a way to experience the world that's the reason why they try to get you young and dumb um, if you to, to know the world uh, you have to experience it. In, at 18, you haven't experienced a lot of world unless you're uh, from a high fluting family and got to travel to Japan or Europe or all over these uh, countries. And of course, even then, that's a psychological 
manipulation because the younger you are, the more likely you are to think, oh, I'm going to be a world traveler and I should, I should put everybody on the same pedestal. You know, we can be all one big happy family. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a dream, but it's not a reality. Uh, cultures are cultures. They exist for a reason. We can interact with other cultures, but that doesn't mean that we should sit there and adopt their particular... You wouldn't want to go and adopt certain cultures' philosophies based upon, you know, like Spain, for example. I mean, if you're interested in animals, I mean, uh, does uh, the killing of the bull bother you at all? If you go to other parts of the world like Thailand or, uh, you know, some of the Asian cultures, they don't have a particular uh, uh, affinity for certain animals, uh, per se, I'm not picking on animals, but since I'm talking about a bird, I should be, uh, I'm just showing that there's a, um, what would you say, there's wider, there's a wider uh, viewpoint here, and that, that the people who, uh, who are involved in this um, are driving us all down into this, these rabbit holes and pitting us against each other to divide and conquer. I I explained that to one lady who was out there. I said, I I just don't understand why people are acting this way. I said, you know, it's like you guys are divorced from reality. Because that's the way I feel. I feel like she's sitting there with a little mask on. And, you know, this idea that human interaction is, it it, it has to change because of this virus. It's being pawned off on you. It's being suckered onto you. And if you start going looking at health, uh, look at the, the the death statistics you would understand that that this is just another another in a line of many uh, viruses that have have come through our society it happens ever so often even dr anthony fauci said in 2017 that he expected there to be a a, a pandemic on a trump's watch hmm i wonder if he didn't it wasn't designing it uh you know, when someone predicts the future for you, you should ask yourself, how can they predict the future? Except for them looking into the past or they're partic- or either looking into the past or they're directly looking at uh, what they're doing. Then somebody like him, who is the highest paid federal employee, according to many databases, he gets paid like $420,000 a year. You know, that's no big deal. I don't really care what he gets paid. Uh, I'm more worried about how many, um, how much money he's making on the side. He's probably making ten times that on the side from uh, different sources, like Gates and uh, foundations and speaking engagements and books and publications that he's getting uh, paid for to publish certain ideas and to formulate them. Uh, mainly Gates. Gates has been involved with Fauci for twenty years at least. And Fauci's also been involved with the Clintons for, you know, since Clinton was in in office, uh, for cripe's sakes. I mean, Fauci's been around since the 80s. He was, uh, he was part and parcel to the AIDS, uh, uh, AIDS, uh, manipulation and propaganda. Um, which, by the way, we never came up with a, do we have a vaccine for AIDS? Has anyone ever remember them rolling out a, uh, public, uh, 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 media campaign about the AIDS virus about, Ooh, we've solved AIDS. Here's a vaccine. Take this shot and you'll be okay. No, you didn't hear anything about it. I haven't heard anything about it. And I'm not saying that I'm the most, 
uh, a profound reader on all medical things and all uh, viruses and illnesses that have been put out there. I don't know about Kawasaki's disease, even though now it seems like Kawasaki's was uh, found to be in, in, in involved with uh, uh, children, according to one publication at one point. Um, or, you know, uh, was it the, the Barre or, or some of the other celi- uh, dip, these uh, autoimmune diseases? I'm not going to pretend to know what they all are. I know that there, I know there was a list, I think there's something like 150 of them. So there's all kinds of things that are out here in the, in the world, this big bad world of ours. It's called risk risk assessment and risk. They they see, liberals are looking at it as oh we have to we have to do a risk mitigation. Friends don't let friends not get vaccined. Like this is this is all a propaganda campaign. Remember that propaganda campaign? Friends don't don't let friends drive drunk. Well, you know that's a direct action where you're driving what driving while intoxicated. And yes, you you. You have a potentiality of, uh, to put somebody at risk. Just like when you're texting while you're driving, you're doing that too. But I noticed women have been doing this for ever since they've invented a cell phone and put it in their hands. I noticed women do all kinds of texting while they're driving. They do it ir- irrespective of other people's feelings about it. But I'm not trying to control them, am I? I can't control them. I can't control their bodies. Uh, do you want that kind of control in your uh, society? And they'll say, well, that's different. I go, really? It's really different? Is it really all that different? Because you know what? You're trying to control what I put on my face. And you're just deciding that that is, the, that is the actual thing that's going to stop this. Or putting something in my arm that I didn't ask for is the same thing as me trying to control you from having an abortion or not. You, you made, women have made, this, made their stance, their little slogan, my body, my choice. Well, I'm saying that too. My body my choice so why shouldn't i have that choice is this where we're going is this the authoritarianism that you really want be careful what you wish for you just might get it and you know what if you if you're too um too inclined to believe what the media tells you then just then good luck to you because you're going to wind up going down a very dark hole when you find out how much of them have been lying to you over and over or yelling, selling you half-truths since the, t- since, since the time you turned on the telly. I don't watch television, at least not, not the mainstream media. The ones I watch, I usually, I, I usually vet them through other friends, but I use, use uh, filters. I use people who filter the media for me, and I do my own research. And I look at what the narratives have been spun up, and I look at the extremism that's gone into the media all you have to do is read back 10 years ago or 15 years ago, and you can see the, the decided slants that have been pushed and propagated onto people. It's like the, the current narrative with the race narrative against us. This is far, far afield of the bird brains that are, that are, uh, uh, that I, the topic started on, birds. But the idea that you don't have enough of brain to realize that they're using race to divide and conquer this country it shows me that you really don't understand what racism or what real racism was or how it was uh, implemented in the South and other places around this country. And we're going back 50, 60, 80, 160 years, or you can go back to the, you can call it the institution of it, you know, with the founding of the country. It seems kind of interesting if you look at the the world at that time, this wasn't. This wasn't even a. The, the the idea was being 
addressed slowly then. And the reason why it was addressed slowly, because the world was a different place. There was one-seventh the population. It was like a billion people total in like 1800. Uh, That's when uh, Malthusian uh, ideology became a heavy, uh, heavy heavy-handed thinking. Because, what's his face, Uh, the economist then, I don't know if you want to call him an economist, he was more like a eugenicist. He was talking about the world couldn't support more more uh, people because you know we can't feed them all. We're just too many of us. Well, here we are. You know, it's 2020. We have seven times as many people, and we're feeding them. For the most part, I would say for the most part, uh, are there places on this world that people aren't getting enough food to eat? Yeah. And what policies are installed there? They're usually heavy-handed, top-down government control of policy. They're not allowing capitalism. Oh, well, capitalism will destroy this earth because of global warming and all this kind of stuff. Really? You think that everything in this world is going to be destroyed by human human activity, yet everything that you, you've uh, acquired, obtained, uh, the lifestyle, uh, the idea that we, we uh, became more efficient over time in the course of, Everything that you've in, interacted with in your lifetime, not and even in historically, you mean that's all going to get destroyed because uh, people in Africa finally learn how to, or finally are allowed to experience capitalism on a more freer basis, the ability to farm, to own their property, uh, to not have to worry about an authoritarian dictator. See, this is what the problem is in the entire world is that you have a select few people, probably 10,000 total, uh, in their menu, well, not all of them, but there's a Pareto analysis of that, but say 10,000 that are pretty tight, uh, they, they operate on the world objective. Uh, they think they control all world affairs, and they're, they, it shuffles, I mean, it changes regularly with people dying off and people getting, uh, quote-unquote, uh, given access to the club. As they become successful. See, if you become too successful, like you rise up and you do it through your own hard work and initiatives, along the way you're going to run run across people that are going to either sabotage you or they're going to invite you into a, a different stratosphere. So they're going to do one of those two things to get access to this high-end club. And this high-end club has its own objective. The idea is control of the populace, the average person. The average person who's probably not any different than when I say not any different, they're not people that aren't unable to understand where they're coming from. The people with the biggest ideas, the really far out, like the Elon Musks out there, yeah, they they exist, but they usually just employ people that are just as intelligent, if not more intelligent than they are. I mean, anybody with any, let's just say, uh, understanding about things always knows that they can find somebody uh, that's more intelligent than them in, in a certain field. I mean, I know that. Everybody should know that. You should know that. Now, yeah, there's that's the reason why, we, you know, that's the reason why so many people uh, give a lot of authority to doctors and, and lawyers and whatnot because they have expertise in a particular field. That's only because they've been, they've as expertise comes from time, uh, time in the saddle, you know, 10,000 hours or 15,000 hours or whatever Malcolm Gladwell thinks he, he thinks is relevant. But uh, it's not just your educational training. It's your reading. It's your practic- pra- uh, practicing it. 
etc., etc. That doesn't mean that those people are particularly wise about a bunch of other things. I mean, Thomas Sowell mentioned that. I mean, you can you can try to transfer um, knowledge between fields, and you can become a, a pretty pretty adept at uh, 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 enumerating that stuff. But that doesn't mean you're going to be the 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 end all be all in that particular field. You have to uh, earn that over time. So it is disconcerting when you have people in these fields who have this high amount of knowledge who get tagged into this particular organization. Uh, this elitism, and then they they divorce themselves from everything they used to uh, used to believe in, because somebody's thrown enough money at them, or they've been blackmailed into it, or graymailed, or however you want to call it. They've been they've been compromised by something that in their past, and they don't want people to know that, or they're told, hey, you either play ball with us, or we'll make sure you never make another red cent, or we'll or we'll Julian Assange you and throw you in prison for the rest of your life. So I don't know whether uh, whether that is a, a a group of people that you really want to be listening to for any any advice, and they they tag in the media. You know, you can call them the Council of Foreign Relations, or you can call them the Rockefellers, or the Rothschilds, or the Gateses, or the Klaus Schwabs of the world, or you name who they are, or Xi Jinping the hidden monster out there with the CCP party of about 90 million people that are that are tagged into the CCP objective the other 1.5 billion people in the country they don't matter they're just sheep they're just like just like the United States you know you have 4 million federal employees of which i would say about eh, 60 or 70% of them are are the only ones that they think matter i mean they think they really matter uh, as Yuri Besmanov would say they think they re- they think what they say counts, and those federal employees include the teachers, the university professors, the doctors, the lawyers, the scientists that are working at some lab or whatever, and then they're obviously they're politicians and the bureaucrats and the administrators and the the people who work in the think tanks and all that. All these people they really think they're very important. Now, I just told you that those are three million people there, and amongst them, there's a Pareto analysis, and there's another of those. There's probably three thousand in Washington D.C. who probably are the the quintessential every, and not all of them are politicians either. Or when I say elected officials, I'd say probably, you know, of the elected officials that matter, there's probably only about fifty elected officials that matter, ten uh, percent roughly, uh, that are are running the pulling the strings of everything that goes on in Washington. You know, the the Liz Cheney's and the Mitch McConnell's and the Nancy Pelosi's. Those are the those are the high and, and they are not even the highest level. They're just they're just they're the faces. They're the outward facing mechanism of 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 a process. I mean it's like a marketing. You know, uh if you learn about sales marketing, you know, you have the outward facing you have internal sales, and then you have your, your field officers. Well, that's what the politicians are. They're field officers. And the internal mechanisms of the sales propaganda, that's coming from other places, including internationally. The same way the same way with China. Uh, but the thing is, is China is a very cohesive group, and they're very hierarchical. And amongst that 90 million, there's probably only about, you know, Two thousand of them, the grand, the grand inquisitors. I, I forget when they have their massive, uh, their massive. Uh, every five years, they have their commie turn. It's kind of like the Russians. Uh, they they put out their next uh, 
uh, goals and objectives based upon that. Um, it's a big meeting. I think there's, they, they invite the, the, the heads of the entire, the, they have different, uh, levels of the, the, the communist party. But of those people that get invited, there's probably only about 50 in the room that really matter there too, or maybe a hundred because there's more people in China. So each of these little organizations like the European Union, the CCP, uh, the Central Bank of the United States, I forgot about the Fed, they're a big part of this. Um, and I know I'm far afield from where I started, but uh, they're treating the rest of us like bird brains. Um, they think we're stupid, and they keep us that way. And if, you're, if you have a spark of ingenuity, if you have a spark of enlightenment, if uh, you deign to think for yourself, uh, they don't want that. They want control and power. And they have used the media to propagate this. So I've ran it for 45 minutes. I'm going to call it a wrap. Uh, all this from a bird. But uh, <laughs> the moral of the story is, and we're going to find out here in a second. Let's see. So I'm out here. And yes, he's still sitting in his nest. Um, he's just, I, he's he moves around a little bit. He'll like to pivot or whatever. I'm going to go check on him. I have, uh, I have, uh, expended my energies on on uh, this and oh by the way May 16th I'm publishing a book and I'm going to leave a link in the um, link to the link to that in in this particular download um, I'll put that in it's a link to uh, believe it or not I put it up on Amazon but actually I put it up on Amazon because I'm I'm literally trying to test the I'm, I'm going to try, try to test their censorship of it because what I think is going to be exposed in it will be will be uh, nixed pretty quickly and I don't really care about uh, some of the issues that normally come along with publications this time my my objective is to to push the limits and cause them to um, to take it down I hope that there'll be people that will um, uh, take it on take on the information and expose it to their wider audience the title is called Operation Virus, The Delivering of COVID, Chaos, and Communism to the United States and the World. Uh, this has been an ongoing series. Uh, this is actually the fourth and possibly the final edition of it. I started, I published uh, uh, bits of this starting in July, August of last year. And then I continued to update uh, through different revisions on my website at dcfpress.com. I appreciate you listening to my my rants and chats, I guess, with um, anyone who downloads this. So God bless the United States of America and the entire world. Thank you.